Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Location is inherently a core part of Australia's First Nations culture. NGIS technology is now assisting in the education of all Australians by providing additional insight and context to areas of Aboriginal heritage, such as local languages, native title, sacred sites, and areas of historical significance and assistance with natural resource management. This is episode 24 of Location Matters. I'm Sarah Butler, and today I'm joined by Andrew Dowding and Paul Farrell to discuss the growing prominence of GIS in Australian Indigenous communities. Andrew, you're the Managing Director of Taruru, which is a company that specialises in digital mapping of cultural heritage. What led you down this path? My first professional role out of university was that I uh, went to work for a native title organisation in the Pilbara. And um, I was working alongside a lot of elders and um, community members, and I just saw the way they were using maps, these, these kind of large paper maps with uh, not a lot of information on them, just kind of big white areas with sort of lines on them. And I, and I could just always see the way elders were looking at, at these maps and not really understanding the information that they were, you know, the information that was sort of being communicated to them. And I began to introduce Google Earth into those discussions, these native title discussions around um, land use agreements and uh, sort of natural resource management discussions. And I was able to see the kind of transformation in how people were able to communicate about their their country and you know sort of from this sort of sort of seat of authority and real knowledge and I got so really that's what really set me on this path is sort of seeing the way that maps can communicate cultural knowledge and but also sort of power um, like the power of native title and um, and also like the impact of having really senior people being able to communicate really clearly to industry and government bodies so so once I saw that, I really, I began the company Tararu, and um, and in that the the name Tararu means um, sunset in in our language, and yeah, I, I created in two thousand thirteen, and we just continued to use Google Earth because it was such a such a powerful platform for visualising Aboriginal heritage. So, so that's how I kind of started down this this path of mapping. And Paul and Andrew, over the last 12 months, a partnership has formed between Taruru and NGIS, which is called Winyama. Uh, what, what is the major aim of Winyama, Paul? Um, look, before I get onto that, I'll, I'll just explain how myself and Andrew uh, got together. So uh, Andrew got introduced to myself probably 18 months ago um, through a mutual friend and a client. And uh, this, this friend rang me and said, look, I've got a guy and he's looking to... Uh, he really wants to grow his business and he's he's looking to partner with someone and, and I've pointed him in your direction. So I met Andrew and look, the first thing I was really impressed with was Andrew's uh, intelligence, uh, his um, his background in, 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 in what is our core business, which is spatial technology, which I think is rare um, in the in, in indigenous space. Um, and I said, mm, yes, okay, we've got a, a keen young guy here who's intelligent. All right, well, let's... And over the, the next 12 months or so, we just got to know each other and talk. And and, um, and over that time, I got to understand Andrew a lot more and where he's coming from. And I, and, and we always had the intention of, of, of getting in 
to business together. That was the aim, but I think it was important we got to know each other, and uh, I think it was really, really good. Uh, we, we've often referred to it as our courting period. <laughs> so, um, and then we, we, when we were, we were, we were in a in a good space. We went right. Yes, um, let's let's go and create something. So, so Winyama is in. You know, it's a, it's an in. It's a it's a majority owned indigenous business. Andrew is the majority owner. NGIS is a is a minority owner of that business. But but between Taru and uh, and NGIS, we we provide the capability to Winyama. And what's our vision? Um, well, it's it's funny. I've got, I've got a philosophy with business. You, you start with the person and you work it out as you go. If the person's a good person, they're intelligent and, and got all the right attributes, you work it out together as you go along. So we've got ideas, we've got vision. I'm sure it will change over time, but fundamentally um, we want to create a, a profitable and sustainable business. Um, and we think if we do that, then, then along the way we will um, employ Aboriginal people and 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 uh, and Andrew will develop through that process as well um, and I think through that also when we're, we're doing that we can start doing some good for the community as well because I think there is uh, it's a real challenge there's some real intelligent uh, indigenous kids out there and and young men and women as well but sometimes there's a bit of a challenge for how they cross the barrier to get into um, an organisation for NGIS. So maybe something like Winyama, I'm hoping, will be a bit of a bridge for that. Anyway, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, no, I think I think it's fair to say it's an amazing opportunity for me to be part of, um, you know, to, to form a joint venture and um, and really to have someone like Paul as a mentor, as a business mentor. Um, you know, which means a young person like me, like a young Aboriginal person, gets an opportunity to enter like a professional mapping service. And I think that's, you know, I might not have been able to do that without the capability of NGIS and um, you know someone like Paul, sort of, and and the culture of NGIS of organisations like NGIS, which have a kind of social arm, um, and um, so yeah, really, it's the opportunity to to enter the professional um, services and digital economy. So it's clear to me you're both equally passionate about supporting the capacity of the Indigenous community to do geospatial work. And what are some of the ways that maps and GIS can be used within these communities? Uh, look, I see plenty of potential in the native title space where um, Aboriginal corporations, like native title bodies, are essentially tenure-owning organisations and that they need to sort of monitor and uh, monitor the changes in that tenure constantly. That's a constant, um, constant battle for native title organisations, and I think GIS helps that uh, significantly. And um, and I think also like starting to transform the way people start to think of native titles, so that um, you start to think of that tenure the same way that um, land planners do, and town planners start to think of tenure. Um, so um, so mapping out the way that people actually use the landscape, like they use it for hunting and fishing and subsistence, but they also use spaces in the landscape like for recreation, for health, um, for protecting sort of uh, biodiverse areas that Aboriginal people use. Uh, and I don't think that's where we've, Native Title's really made that leap, and I think GIS can help to visualise some of that. Also, there's a massive opportunity in the ranger space, and the rangers, um, they've been starting to do a lot of natural resource management uh, with companies like Australian Wildlife Conservancy and um, and the sort of 
environmental surveys that are happening up on um, up in the Pilbara and the Kimberleys and other other remote areas and and there's this kind of sort of swell of ideas around developing what's called the indigenous estate and trying to articulate what the indigenous estate is and I think that GIS has a big role to play in in how we articulate that um, so it's not really about tenure and changes to tenure it's also about maintaining the health of country and I think that there's some huge opportunities in that in this kind of remote sensing satellite sensing um, space for um, organizations um, up in the up in up north uh, I totally agree and I think there's just huge opportunities and I actually think it's not so much what, I, I think it's not so much what GIS can do for the communities it's actually what the communities using GIS can do for the state and the country because uh, Aboriginal people have been managing the land for tens of thousands of years and using maps to do this. And, and it was ba you know, basically their survival. The, ma the maps became a critical part of the, their whole community surviving. So they became very, very efficient users and passer and, and uh, distributors to select groups of that location intelligence about that land so I've always been a firm believer that uh, that the best uh, the metropolitan capital city is not the place where you should be creating location intelligence location intelligence should be on the uh, captured at the, on the, on the, at the ground so if we can have a whole network of Aboriginal communities or, or groups or, or whatever that network is collecting uh, intelligence about the land in those areas, whether it be the Kimberley or down the Great Southern or the Pilbara, it doesn't doesn't really matter. And then having that fed in to other organisations, so they're actually then using the information. I think that's a, that's a great way to engage the regions and have them connected to the cities and 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 broader outcomes around protecting our natural resources, but also broader regional development and making good decisions about what we should be doing and not doing out in our regions. So I, I actually think it's what they can do for the communities, but also what the communities, once they've got their capability and capacity up, what they can do for the rest of the state and nation. So Andrew, you also mentioned um, native title and, and rangers. What other kinds of uh, careers can young Indigenous Australians pursue in the geospatial industry with regards to educating others about their Aboriginal heritage? Well, there's a lot of Aboriginal people dabbling in geospatial industries, like on the kind of on the on the um, on the edges of it. I mean, you mentioned like ranger groups, but there's also like a lot of um, heritage managers, like Aboriginal heritage managers. So there's you know like a heritage surveys for mining companies and for industry um, impacts. So they've got these a lot of different people using uh, programs like Google Earth and Esri software. Um, even kind of purpose-built software, like up, up in the north, I've got um, Eye Tracker, and uh, you know, just these kind of purpose-built cultural databases that people are collecting information for and and um, viewing in some sort of spatial portal. Um, so I think like that. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of space. Well, there's a big trend now for like digitising Aboriginal heritage and managing that information in different formats and I think that that's where some of the careers and some of the new um, some of the new economy will be sort of generated in Aboriginal communities in that digital 
like digital environments and managing and safeguarding that kind of data. So I think that's like a real, that's like into the future, but I think that we're seeing the base, the basis for that economy start to start to um, be generated through groups like ranger groups and native title organisations. So I guess we just have to see where that kind of leads to into the future. Oh, I was just going to say, I think um, this is one of the big benefits for um, of, of forming Winyama. Um, I know Andrew very kindly said, you know, I can be a mentor to him. Uh, I'm thinking of a young and Indigenous person who wants to get into the geospatial space. You can come to Winyama and be mentored by Andrew. <laughs> so you now have a safe place for someone to come um, and develop their career with Andrew, but also with NGIS as well and our, and our culture here, which is, it's you know, I would have to say is we're, we're very proud that we're, we're very open and, and very accepting and I think a safe place for people to start their career. Andrew, you mentioned that um, a lot of Indigenous Australians are now dabbling in careers in GIS. Um, being an Aboriginal man yourself that's working in this space, what kind of advice would you give um, to people that might be listening to this podcast that might be considering moving down you know, GIS as a career path? Apart from send your CV to Andrew? Yeah, come and work for Winyama. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think um, it's actually quite a natural fit for Aboriginal people to consider uh, mapping and geospatial work as a career. And, um, you know, we are basically natural, photo uh, natural geographers and um, we've been performing, like, GIS practices throughout our song lines and kind of mental maps of country and I've, I've seen that firsthand in native, native title organisations and other heritage work that I've done. And, um, and I don't think people should shy away from recognising that that's a really valued skill set and, and we need to develop that as a community. And, um, and I'd, I'd, I'd urge people to understand that, you know, a massive proportion of Australia, of Australia's landmass is subject to native title and, and needs to be managed and that, that tenure needs to be managed in, um, from an Indigenous perspective. So... So our, our communities have huge responsibility, but also a huge opportunity to, to capitalise on that. Yeah, so, but, but not only that, is um, our communities have really old and very specialised practices about how to look after country, like Paul was saying. And, um, and I think that sits really comfortably with, with geospatial practices to kind of infuse those two uh, sets of knowledges about how you manage country, but how you visualise that, um, that management as well. So. So yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a it's a natural fit, and people should really consider this as a career, especially since um, you know it can be done out there in the regions, and people don't need to be in cities to to be um, GIS professionals. And I think you know that's that's one of the valued things about um, about the digital economy that it, that it can develop in regional areas as well. Look, and the other thing I'd say is is, is you don't need a degree in GIS or computer science or anything. I mean, NGIS over the years has trained, um, we've trained long-term unemployed people in, in GIS. We've, we've trained people throughout the Pacific Islands who are in, with very few computer skills and we've trained them to be to come up to speed and, and actually help deal with climate change. We've, we've trained African geologists and brought them over here and taught them about GIS, but also talked about Australian having a degree is is not necessarily a, um, a prerequisite to be to be successful in GIS it's having a good attitude working hard and just having some natural 
understanding and aptitude and uh, uh, knowledge of the land and appreciation of geography. I think that they're the things that are going to make you passionate about this and want, want to learn. So if you're keen and hungry, I think you, you, there's an opportunity here to get into this career. Um, and, you know, we've got all the, the training materials to train people up. We just need people with the right attitude who want to learn and they want to be part of Winyama. So uh, I, I, I would, if anyone's keen, I, I'd encourage them to, to contact Andrew and contact Winyama and, and see what we can do. In September 2018, Australia hosted its first Indigenous mapping workshop in Sydney, which is an idea that was born and, and sort of created in, in Canada. It's now well established there and it's now well established in New Zealand. Uh, and, and last year, the first one happened here in Australia and Andrew, you were one of the main partners for that with Taruru. What were some of the key takeaways of that event? Oh, look. I mean, it was really a pilot um, to, to run that workshop. Like it was, a, it was a pilot that they wanted to that Google wanted to run here in Australia just to see how it kind of how it rolled out. And um, we really didn't know like, how it would span out. I mean, it was such a we we asked um, we asked uh, hundreds of different organisations to come to the to the um, workshop, and we ended up with seventy individuals from Aboriginal communities across Australia. So everywhere from like every state was represented except Tasmania. But we had um, Northern Territory, so sort of Central Desert, Torres Strait Islander groups, like really diverse sort of, you know, landscapes. Um, and we had native title groups, ranger groups, art centres, language centres. So this really diverse group of people working um, in Aboriginal communities. And really the takeaway was that they were all united by, by mapping really and um and what and, and a need to learn mapping and a need to learn how to manage data um so they're, they're all facing the same kind of um challenges out on country and um i mean the real the one of the great things was we had these um you know so we had these courses running on how to visualize your heritage and how to visualize other data sets but then we also had these lightning rounds where people exchanged information about what they're doing out in the out in the um, on country and had these amazing 10 minute talks from snapshots of people's work from all over Australia and I think that was really one of them like the best takeaways for me like seeing what other indigenous people are doing in the mapping space was um, was phenomenal so um, but the other the other big takeaway was um, we had two um, like you said we had the partners from Canada and New Zealand come over so indigenous guys who are also partnering with Google and overseas and um, and other industry partners and um, and they came and delivered like the uh, like some examples of their work over over in Canada and New Zealand, and that was that was really beneficial for Aboriginal people in Australia to see the kind of international perspective of Indigenous people working in mapping and data and data management and all these kinds of this, this, these kinds of spaces. So, so it was a real it was a real exchange of information and knowledge, sort of on a on a on an international scale, which I think was was the best takeaway. But but we had such great feedback um, after that pilot and it was a real success. And so now we're going to run the second Indigenous Mapping Workshop here in Perth in July 2019. And, um, and it's quite a natural fit, I think, for Winyama, um, you know, having the, uh, the capability of NGIS behind us um, with marketing staff and event staff, but also with technical guys who can deliver some of the training and... Um, 
and and yeah so we've got more capability to pull off a larger event and um so we want to put the call out soon and um and get people from all over australia converging on perth in 2019 for the imw australia oh look i i just think it's an incredibly exciting thing that uh i think uh it 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 points to a few things. It points to the need within Australia to provide something like this. The response was quite in- incredible. I think it's great that Andrew was so involved. I think the links with Canada and New Zealand are great, that we're not sort of heading off by ourselves there. There's some lessons there. But I think the most important thing is the the natural resource uh, challenges that Australia faces are, actually, are very different to Canada and uh, New Zealand. Um, and I think it's really important there's a community here in Australia that's sharing issues around you know climate change and fire protection and those sort of things which are fairly unique to australia so we're going to have to develop a network here in australia to make sure that everyone's learning lessons there but applying all these technologies and lessons that everyone's using um to make everyone better i think it's just a fantastic fantastic opportunity it'll be very exciting to be involved in it Well, thank you both for joining me on today's podcast. We've included some useful links on the website for our listeners who'd like to see some examples of how GIS and maps are being applied to Indigenous communities and also a link to the Winyama website. And if you're interested in the Indigenous Mapping Workshop for 2019, that's where you'll find all of that information. If you'd like to subscribe or hear more, visit the NGIS website or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology.